the Ad Council. ESPN 94.1 FM at AM 930 present The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Member FDIC. Welcome into the Friday, September 20th edition. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. We are presented this hour by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. And you can also join the program by calling the Miller Lite phone line, 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. Miller Lite, hold true, great taste. Only 96 calories. It is the original light beer. It is a high school football Friday night. We're going to be focusing our previews on Spring Valley, Cabell Midland, Huntington High, the big three in our area. We'll have reports from Adam Rogers in a little bit. Also, Matt Perry. Last week, Cabell Midland and Spring Valley. Big, epic battle. Cabell Midland wins. Spring Valley goes down for a long time. You thought that nobody was going to go into the Wolves' den and beat them. And it was Cabell Midland, their arch rival, their nemesis, whatever you want to call them. So we'll talk to both those gentlemen about that game. Also, we will look ahead to their contest. And then Woody Woodrum will be joining us from the road. He is going to be at Beckley tonight. So we've got that. And, of course, as we make time for you, we'll open up those phone lines and give you a chance to be a part of the program. It is an off week for the Marshall Thundering Herd, so we don't have that to get into. But I've got maybe the next best thing. I've got a Marshall win to talk about. Actually, I've got two Marshall wins to talk about. And I was a little worried yesterday. Marshall has to go to five sets. They finally fall to Moorhead State, and it was tough. Okay. Hopefully they're going to bounce back, and they did. Uh, Earlier in the day, they swept Coppin State, beat Coppin State. And so after that, they had to wait. Then they just wrapped up a few minutes ago against Southeast Louisiana and swept them as well. So after going five sets with Moorhead State, they sweep Coppin State, and they sweep Southeast Louisiana. That's what I like to see. I mean, you win two of the three. You'd like to get all three, but you win two of the three at the Moorhead Invitational, the event taking place at Moorhead. I'll take it as the herd carries on, so they'll head back home to Huntington now and get ready for the next one. Now, the big news of the day that I'm sure everyone's going to be talking about, if not already, and if you're a fantasy football owner, and I know one in the building that had Antonio Brown on his team, and I immediately alerted him because I'm a good friend, is Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown, no longer a New England Patriot. Team released him today. They release a statement that says that they feel that it is best to move in a different direction at this time. Well, you knew that had to happen. So many off-field allegations. And so right now, Antonio Brown is in a situation where he is causing problems on the field and off the field just by his actions and allegations. And so the Patriots sign him. A couple weeks later, he is out. They also added that um, they appreciate the hard work of many people over the last 11 days. I don't know if that means you appreciate the hard work. I don't want to dump on anybody, but I thought that was a bad maneuver to begin with to pick him up. I know the Patriots, they like taking guys that are projects now and then, and you shape up for the Patriots, right? You shape up. 
because the Patriots win. And so you know that you're going in, you're going to do it the Patriot way, or you're going to be gone. They have no problems whatsoever. And parting ways with you, if you're no longer of value to the team or you're just causing problems, you will be dismissed, you will be sent home. Unless your name is Tom Brady, you don't have a lifetime contract with the New England Patriots. And so Antonio Brown, already I thought, okay, this is a bad situation, bad deal here. This guy brings a lot of baggage. And then we find out that there are allegations. There's going to be a lawsuit. He's accused of sexually assaulting his former trainer. And this was a civil lawsuit filed on September 10th, a day, a day after the Patriots officially signed him. The timing is a little, well, it's damning. It's a damning day to get him. You get him the day after he signs to the Patriots, and then this drops on him. And there was a, um, a $2 million-plus agreement with Brittany Taylor. Taylor is the former trainer that is suing. And so there was reportedly a deal on the table, $2 million-plus agreement with Taylor, proposed settlement. Brown declined to sign that, so okay, we'll take it to court. So now, is he going to play in the NFL ever again? We don't know. But he's not going to be a Patriot. The Patriots decided that uh, they do not want any more of this headache. We even saw Bill Belichick walk out of a press conference, which seems to be a thing nowadays. The coaches are walking out a little bit more frequently because they don't want to answer certain questions. I don't know if I like that trend because members of the media are trying to do their job. Members of the media are trying to ask questions about things that are news. And I know coaches don't like that. Coaches like to control the entire situation. Uh, Fortunately, we haven't had that situation happen locally in a long time. I can't remember a time that it's happened. But Bill Belichick is not putting up with it. He walks out. And now Antonio Brown, not a Patriot. He is out. And if you're a fantasy football owner with A.B. on your squad, you better start looking for a new guy. You better start looking right now. That was the situation here in the office earlier. We had to, we actually had to alert someone. This look, make the change now. This was more of a, this is more of a rookie fantasy football player. That's why we were all kind of attuned to it. So, uh, that's the big news of the day. But that's not going to occupy the entire show, no, because uh, we're going to talk high school football. We're going to start off with Adam Rogers. We're going to talk about Cabell Midland, their victory last week over Spring Valley, a big win. We're going to get into what's going on with Spring Valley as well as they try to rebound from that loss to Cabell Midland. And then later on, Woody Woodrum's on the road. We hope to connect with him because Huntington High is trying to bounce back from losing on the hill. They took on GW last week and lost him from all reports, all indications. That was a game the Huntington High could have, should have won, got into their own way. Teams do that sometimes, shoot yourself in the foot. Huntington High seems to have done that to themselves, so they're not going to try to bounce back. We'll talk to Woody Woodrum about that later on. We've got all of this coming up on today's edition of The Drive, presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank, right here on ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930. Drive with Paul Swan. Bag it. Just jump play music. On ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930. 
Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank, this is The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. And coming up tonight on 97.9 The River, it's going to be Hurricane taking on undefeated Cabell Midland. Now, Jason Toy not making the trip to the castle this evening, but instead Adam Rogers will be joining us on the broadcast. And Adam's been pretty busy. Last week you also covered that Huntington High loss, so we'll talk about that here also. But Tonight you got the big one, Hurricane taking on Cabell Midland. Uh, the Knights are rolling right now. Yeah, the Knights looking really good so far to start the year off. 3-0, and uh, first official rankings from the West Virginia Secondary School Athletic Commission coming out earlier this week, putting the Knights just ahead of Martinsburg at number one in the state. So, uh, And that was thanks to a very, very big win last week on the road down in the Wolves' Den against Spring Valley. So uh, a really strong start to the year so far. That win against Spring Valley should be a great building block for this team moving forward. And tonight, I mean, it really gets no different because this is a game that's a cross-county rivalry kind of thing with the Knights and with the Redskins from Hurricane. So uh, it's going to be a really hard-fought game tonight despite Hurricane coming in on a two-game losing streak after starting the year off with a very impressive win against Winfield. Is this one a bigger rivalry than Spring Valley? I mean, both seem to have uh, unique properties. Uh, I'm not sure if it if it's a bigger rivalry. I mean, I, I feel like it's maybe a half step behind. I mean, Huntington obviously is the one everybody talks about with Cabell Midland because the shield is on the line every time when those two teams meet up in the regular season. So that's the one everybody, I think, looks at more closely. But then... The Spring Valley and Cabell Midland game has just been a hard-fought game the last 10 years or so. So I think people are starting to gravitate more to that and making it more of a, a true rivalry than uh, what it had been years ago. And, I, I mean, this one is just one of those cross-county battles that uh, is always good to see. But, um, you know, they this is always a really hard-fought game. Uh, Hurricane rolled one up on the Knights last year. Uh, 40 to 10. So Cabell Midland's looking for a little bit of revenge. I'm sure they won't call it revenge this week, but uh, definitely I'm sure that had left a sour taste in the Knights' mouth last year. So looking to get back on track against Hurricane this season. And the thing is, they can't really take Hurricane lightly despite coming into the game one and two. Hurricane does have a pretty explosive offense. Senior quarterback Austin Womack can sling the football all over the place. So the question is, is will the Knights defense be able to do what it's done the first three weeks of the season against this Redskins offense that is a very explosive team, but also very prone to mistakes. Last week against Capitol, Cougars were up 26-7 to after the end of the first quarter, only ran four offensive plays in that first quarter to take that lead. So big plays defensively for the Cougars helped build that lead, a 40-yard interception return, also had a 74-yard touchdown pass as well in that. So big plays for the Cougars helped get that win over Hurricane last week. But again, this is a Hurricane offense that can be very explosive if it stays out of its own way. Hand the ball to Christian Hill, let him go. That's the game plan, right? It, I mean, Christian Hill is definitely the guy that got the better of the Knights' defense last year. He rolled up over 100 yards rushing against this Knights' defense. But this is, again, this is a very much improved Cabell Midland defensive unit. So uh, I expect the Knights to come out and try to hit him in the mouth as quickly as they can to set that tone defensively because in the first couple of games it's been that front four and then that linebacking unit resetting that line 
of offensively for the opposition two or three yards back in their backfield and really establishing that dominance up front, and that's helped the Knights out. If they can do that against Cabell Midland or against Hurricane tonight, excuse me, then I think they have a, a really good chance of winning tonight's ballgame. But uh, Brogan Brown also carried the football a lot last year or last week, excuse me, the sophomore. Uh, played a lot of fullback, and I mean, expect to see him carry the football as well as Christian Hill. But Hill is definitely their go-to back. If they need some yardage and crunch time, he's going to be the one carrying the rock. Adam Rogers going to the castle tonight to uh, fill in for Jason Toy on 97.9 The River. Is there any chance that Cabell Midland might have a, a little bit of a hangover? You beat Spring Valley. You're on top of the world now. You're not the hunter. You are the hunted now. I don't want to say yes or no necessarily because I'd like to think that the coaching staff at Cabell Midland is very good at keeping this team grounded and realizing that, yeah, that was a big win for this program last week. Finally get over that hump against the Timberwolves. This is the first time this senior class at Cabell Midland has knocked off Spring Valley. And to go do it in the Wolves' den, first time Spring Valley's lost there at, at home in a quite some time. So, I mean – for this team to be able to go there and do that on the road and come back home again, you're feeling great. Emotions are going to be riding high, obviously, but I, th- I think this coaching staff and these seniors are smart enough to realize that that's just one tick in the box. We still have plenty of more check marks left down the schedule and on our goals to hit as we go forward. So this is just one step in the plan. We've got to keep our head down and moving forward. We can't get content yet because that win doesn't really mean anything right now. Again, this is just now week four of the high school football season. So after this week, there are still seven more weeks left with a bye week in there, six games. So there's still tons of time left. You can't get complacent yet. Adam Rogers joining us at the castle tonight. He's filling in for Jason Toy. So this is going to be the week that uh, Jason's son gets in the game and does something miraculous, and Jason's going to miss it. Yeah, well, he'll be able to hear me call it. I know he'll miss it, but uh, this know. is the week, though. This is good. It's the week is going to happen. It, it very well could, honestly. I mean, if if Cabell Midland does what it does and establishes that dominance, like I mentioned, defensively with that front seven unit and forces that offensive line backward. And then offensively, it's able to do the exact same thing its defensive line is doing and reestablishing the line forward for its offense. I mean, if it can get the ground and pound running, then the Knights could run away with this one pretty quickly. Now, again, you don't know what's going to happen until these two teams step out on the field and anything could change. But Cabell Midland is kind of at a, a slight disadvantage this week. Some injuries to a couple of players. So a, a lot of question as to who exactly is going to end up carrying the pill for the, the Knights because Ivan Vaughn's a little banged up. We're not exactly sure to the extent of that and how healthy he is coming in to tonight's game. And then uh, just some other injuries across the board that really don't bode well for this Knights offense. Adam Rogers with us. Uh, he also was uh, covering last week's Huntington High GW matchup. Now you're doing all the GW games uh all season long on the video stream. After this week, uh, I will be doing all of GW's home games okay, home for games. Uh, video productions. Yes, uh, it was uh, great to go back up on the hill last week as an alumni of uh, George Washington High School and alumni of that program. It was uh, great to see football on the hill again. I know it's been back for a while with the field getting renovated and everything there, but when I was there, we played one game a year on the hill. And to see the environment there on Friday night last week against Huntington, 
student section showed up really well. The fans, parents were there in support. I mean, it was a great environment to see that up on the hill. People lined up along the sidewalk outside the stadium, you know, not paying to get in. And just, I mean, it was a, a great time seeing football back on the hill. For me, again, I've been away for a while, went back once before, and every time I'd gone back, they'd lost. And then I go back and they finally win. So it was great to see that. But Huntington really got in its own way in that contest. I mean, Patriots offense struggled mightily to move the football, uh, especially in the first half. Um, got fortunate, was able to strip uh, the tailback just before the end of the half, and um, then somehow on a busted play at the end of the half with about 16 seconds left, hits a 54-yard pass, R.T. Alexander somehow manages to escape all the pressure from that Huntington defensive line and just flung it downfield on a totally broken play, had two guys wide open, and then guy who actually caught the pass had a blocker in front of him to seal it off to, for him to get in the end zone and I think if GW had not gotten that touchdown before the end of the first half that would have been a much different game I don't think GW would be riding as high coming back out of the locker room being down 10 to 3 instead of being tied 10 all and then the second half really did not start off the way Huntington would have liked to it, it I mean it did initially it got a three and out to start the game, the second half but then a muffed punt GW is able to recover it, score a touchdown almost immediately after, and then Huntington's able to answer right back. But then again, GW, another three and out, punts it away after showing a fake punt that had uh, the play blown dead on it and offsides on Huntington. Then uh, GW decided to actually punt it away, and then that time again, another muff on the punt. So uh, the GW was just able to take advantage of Huntington High's miscues and I think if Huntington can regroup from that game that this is going to be a very dangerous Highlander team moving forward because Huntington High really dominated the line of scrimmage against GW. R.T. Alexander the quarterback did not have a lot of time to stand in the pocket and throw the ball. He was taking off more often than not running for his life essentially just because the Highlanders were outsizing the GW offensive and defensive line. So, uh, But I mean, it was a great game to watch, honestly. I mean, 31-30, for a, just a true fan of football, you couldn't have asked for a much better game. If you're a Highlander fan, obviously, it could have gone a lot better for you. But just a tremendous game, and I think a, a great learning opportunity for the Highlanders because I think maybe Huntington High came into that game a little uh, full of itself coming and thinking, oh, GW's you know, lost the first two games, got beat by South Charleston on the road to start the year, blown out against Ashland uh, week two, and maybe thought that GW didn't have anything there. Well, GW was able to take advantage of those miscues and prove that it can play football with the big boys here in this area. Playing on the hills tough. Oh, so I'm going to bust on the fans. Pay for a ticket. Come on now. Well, it's, it happens. Come know. on. It's Parking's That's, not easy to get in there to GW. I understand completely. It's, it's a little tough getting in and out of the hill there. It's not uh, not quite like mountaintop there. Uh the mountaintops got a one way in, one way out, but they direct traffic very easily. GW's got kind of a couple different routes to go in and around if you know how to get around there. So it can get a little hectic at times trying to get in and out of that game. So people just opt to park a little ways away and then stand up on the hill. Not a bad place to watch a game. High school football on a Friday night. Adam Rogers, he'll be at the castle tonight. It's going to be Capel Midland taking on Hurricane, and he'll have the call. Uh, we'll listen to him tonight, and also uh, it's our uh, video game of the week, isn't it? It is. It is. Kent Bryson will be joining me. We'll have the call for, again, both 97.9 The River, and then we'll be on our uh, Facebook stream as well. Looking forward to uh, another exciting football Friday night in West Virginia.
Adam Rogers, he'll have the call tonight. Uh, if you do a good job, um, you know, maybe Jason Toy won't be invited back next week. Maybe. I don't think. He'll be back. Sure. Yeah, he does. I don't think he has any obligations for he'll be back. But, uh, again, I will be out for three out of the last six games of the regular season for Cabell Midland doing the GW side that I, I was fortunate to be able to pick up. Um, you know, as an alumni of the program, like I said, it's, it's just great to be able to go back and do that again. But I'm always grateful to get a chance to do these Cabell Midland games because the Knights have – uh, kind of, you know, they really welcomed me in when I started doing this stuff a few years ago with Jason and uh, with our good friend uh, Chris Reynolds, who unfortunately we lost a couple years ago. So, uh, you know, whenever I, I got into that, you know, it was, it was great being a part of the Knights family, and I always look forward to going back up there and being at the castle. Adam Rogers with the call tonight, 97.9 The River. we got more on the way. It's The Drive presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. West Virginia Metro News.org. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM at AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Guests with Paul Swan appear via the Miller Lite phone lines. High school football previews continue here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We turn our attention now to the Spring Valley Timber Wolves. Tonight, the Wolves Den, they're going to try to bounce back and get a new win streak going. Last week, they lose to Cabell Midland. We talked to Adam Rogers earlier about that game. Now, we've got Matt Perry who will be on the broadcast tonight. It'll be South Charleston at Spring Valley, 7.30 p.m. tonight at the Wolves Den and a rare situation where Spring Valley losing one at the Wolves' Den, two to Cabell Midland. The power goes out for a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just a traumatic night, right? <laughs> <laughs> it was one of the most hectic pregames I've ever had, Paul. Uh, people were scrambling everywhere. Uh, the power went out. We had no idea when the game was going to start. I, I, it was a miracle. They kicked off only 15 minutes late, to be honest with you. But you mentioned uh, things they're not used to. You know, these seniors have never lost to Cabell Midland. Uh, it's been four straight years that Spring Valley has defeated Cabell Midland, and uh, that includes a playoff game. And that was 18 straight home wins that were erased last week. And so, you know, the mentality for them, what I've heard all week, is they just have to start a new streak. And uh, even though South Charleston's one and two, um, that is not an easy one and two team, if that makes any sense, because they already have a win over GW. And we saw last week GW defeating Huntington. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a challenge for these young kids to uh, step up and uh, stop a losing streak. I was reading where the kids said that they took took Cabell Midland lightly. I was shocked when I read that in Rick Elmore's article yesterday. I don't believe that. <laughs> I can't believe that. I don't believe that. Yeah, I, be, knowing Coach Dingus and uh, playing for him for a season when I was uh, when I was a uh, freshman at Spring Valley High School. Mm-hmm. I honestly, um, I know that the coaching staff had them ready. Uh, I'm not, I'm not pointing fingers. I, you know, my job is to just sit up there and uh, call it as I see it, and to, you know, I read the paper every morning. And when I saw two players come out and say we took Cabell Midland lightly, I, I'm shocked by that. That a they admitted it, and you know, I, I bet you that the coaching staff was like, whoa, wait a minute, guys, uh, saying that in the newspaper. They're probably not very thrilled about that, to be honest with you. Or they could have actually took them lightly. Um, we don't know. Um, yeah. I mean, that's pretty brave of them to say, come out and just be honest. I mean, if, if that's the case, that's pretty big of them, even at this level, to say, look, we overlooked an opponent, which 
you know what happens when you do overlook an opponent. Mm-hmm. Something like this can happen, but that's a big rivalry between these two. I would never imagine that anybody on either side would overlook the opponent. I think that's what shocked me the most is because you knew Cabell Midland was they could score. Uh, even if you haven't even seen a game, but these kids had seen film. Uh, they had a huge outpouring of points against Parkersburg. And it was what was so um, interesting about that game is it started right off the bat. First play, 87-yard touchdown run on a triple option. And it just kept going downhill from there. I mean, the Wolves did fight back and made it a touchdown game. But they could not stop Cabell Midland on the perimeter at all. You know, over 300 yards rushing for the Knights against that defense. I think that's what shocked me the most because we talk endlessly, Mike Myers and myself and Bill when he's there, we talk about all the all the FBS talent, you know, the D1 talent that Spring Valley has, especially Wyatt Milam, uh, one of the anchors of that defensive line who's, you know, he's visited Alabama. He has offers from Alabama, Penn State, you name it. And for them to look so outmatched uh, in a high school football game was very shocking, to be honest with you. Kevin Millen, I'm sure they came with everything. I mean, they, uh, they are the top team in the state now, mm-hmm. point-wise, and that brings up my next point is Spring Valley, I don't think they're in any trouble, but they're going to have to put some wins together, and they know it because you don't really get much, if anything, from the Wayne game. They have nothing from the Wayne game. They haven't got anything yet from that. Mm -hmm. And so they're in a situation where that's a no-points game, and then they lose. Got to get some wins real quick. I don't think that's going to be a problem. I don't think it's early. Uh, It's too early to actually panic. That's a rivalry game. I, I expect either Cabell Midland or Spring Valley to lose and not be shocked about it either way because those two teams like to get after each other. Same thing with Huntington when they play Cabell Midland or Spring Valley. If one of the teams loses, I'm not surprised. No, you're not shocked in that situation. What shocked me the most was I'm not trying to, you know, obviously, you know, I know these kids. I'm not trying to put anybody down, but they just look kind of shell-shocked. You know, you have that 87-yard touchdown run, and they gave up three of those. And so when you see that you've got guys running down the field for three 75-plus yard touchdown runs, the kids were kind of looking around like, we're not used to this. We're not accustomed to this. And they're not. We look, the only team that has done anything remotely close to of, like that to Spring Valley in the last four years is Martinsburg. Could that have been a situation then where it was just a surprise of, okay, Cabell Midland's doing something we're not used to. And I'm not saying that they weren't prepared or they weren't ready, but you know, sometimes a team will get the best of you. They will surprise you. And Cabell Midland, I know, knows Spring Valley well. Mm-hmm. Spring Valley for a long time in this area has been the team that's been the hunted instead of the hunter. Yes. Now Cabell Midland's almost at that point now where they're going to be the team that's hunted. Spring Valley's back to hunting. Well, Cabell Midland has a huge target now, something that Spring Valley has had to deal with for two seasons. You know, Cabell Midland's number one. Uh, you know, Martinsburg's not going to get to number one for a while because they play those out-of-state teams, and the points are odd how it works. I don't pretend to be a master of that. But Cabell Midland is now the target, and so every week they're going to have to have the Spring Valley mentality had last week. And now Spring Valley, as you said, it is too early to panic. But with Wayne being a, literally gives him nothing, there, Spring Valley, who dominated Hurricane, is, is tied with Hurricane, if that tells you anything. And so being number 11, I think those kids woke up on uh, Tuesday look, and saw that and said, we're not used to that. That's a, that's a road playoff game if it ended today. Again, fourth week of the season. But they really now have to focus on getting back on track 
and solidifying their spot in that top three and four in the state. Because if you don't, you're making that trip to the Eastern Panhandle. I mean, it's just, it's inevitable. Matt Perry's with us tonight. It's going to be Spring Valley in action. We'll have that game for you on 92.7 and 98.5 The Planet. South Charleston coming into the Wolves' Den. Really, uh, we haven't talked much about them. They come in one and two. What does South Charleston have to do tonight to make this game competitive? Or what have you seen? Well, what, what interests me the most is, I, again, I was reading in an article this morning, and I was reading Coach Dingus's comments yesterday in the Herald-Dispatch, and he said it's something we're not used to. South Charleston's bigger than us. You know, forever it's been like a running joke of what do they feed those kids out at Spring Valley, but, you know, Spring Valley's never outsized. This year, it's a little bit different. They have, they do not have the same size they once did. Yes, Milam's huge. Uh, Ferguson's growing into his own, but they are they're they're smaller than they've been in a long time. We'll have the game for you tonight on ninety two seven and ninety eight five. The planet when it comes just comes down to you think this game's just a fluke. Not uh, not to take anything away from Cabell Midland, but there was just so much going on. Uh, it's a big time game. This is really a game that all the state was watching because mm-hmm. you had two of the the more perennial powers in this part of the state going at it early. And Spring Valley, while we're talking it's a few minutes difference, uh, the rhythm was off for everybody. I mean, it was off for Cabell Midland, too, but mm-hmm. they're the road team. They're coming into a hostile environment. Spring Valley, you know, everything's supposed to be on track for you. You you have a situation where you're thinking, oh, are we even going to play this game? And you know, I don't know how much of that trickles down to the kids, but not to use that as an excuse, but this was just a weird game. It was a very weird game. I mean, kids were getting dressed outside of their locker rooms. I mean, the power was out everywhere. But I will not use the term fluke. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to piggyback off of what you said, and it's a rivalry game. Literally, Cabell Midland can beat Spring Valley at any time and vice versa. Spring Valley did not play well. There is no there is no sugarcoating that at all. I think Coach Dingus would agree with me, and I think the kids would agree with me. Too many silly penalties. I mean, uh, off the top of my head, three personal foul penalties that were costly. They're always costly, but on the last drive when they were trying to get the ball back, kid got mad, hit a Cabell Midland player late on a third down. Well, it's over. You're out of timeouts. And so you have those types of situations where, A, you have this weird setup with the power going out. B, it's a huge rival, your biggest rival. Even though Spring Valley and Huntington don't like each other, it's Spring Valley and Cabell Midland. And then three, you're, you, you've kind of got shell-shocked from right, right off the bat. First play of the game, you're down for the first time all season. That, that defense had given up less than 125 yards total in two games, and the kid runs for 85 on the first play. So it was just Cabell Midland. Uh, it's the boxing analogy. They hit a haymaker off the bat, and Spring Valley was you know, back in the, up against the ropes trying to survive, and they survived 12, but they lost a decision. That game coming up tonight is going to be South Charleston at Spring Valley, 7.30 tonight on 92.7 and 98.5 The Planet. New streak starting tonight probably, we hope, for Spring Valley. I just don't want to go on the road. That's a, let's, just get the, let's just get the streak going again. Mm-hmm. Let's just keep, keep playoffs right here. Exactly. I, I don't want to go on the road if I'm uh, Spring Valley. Uh, that would be my focus. Well, don't, don't go on the road. You look at the next three games. I mean, again, you can't take anybody lightly, and I'm obviously not taking South Charleston lightly. But you have to take care of South Charleston. Then you have GW next week. And then it's Capital. And so those are all at the Wolves' Den, a place, again, 18 straight wins. I'm not saying they have to run the table with that, but you've got to to solidify and retake your home field advantage because 
to have that gift of having those four games in a row at home and you lose the first one, that's a big blow. GW has got points this year. They got the win over Huntington. Mm-hmm. They got some points there. So, yeah, there's a little added bonus there. For sure. And South Charleston has the points over uh, with the win over GW. And so Spring Valley takes care of business tonight. We'll see that ranking next to their name creep up a little bit. Matt Perry with us tonight, 92-7 and 98-5. The planet It's going to be Spring Valley trying to uh, defend the Wolves' den, get the new streak going on taking on South Charleston. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. What's the win-loss record with Bill Cornwell in the booth? Have you figured that out? One and one. One and one. One and one. Uh, opening night win against Wayne and uh, a l- big loss last week with Cabell Midland. I would chart that. I'm definitely going to chart it. I'm going to throw it in his face. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Matt, we'll talk to you next week. Sounds great. Thank you for having me. Oh, no. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Road yet again. And they're trying to get the bad taste out of their mouth of losing on the hill last week. Woody Woodrum was there and he's now with us on the program. He'll be on the call tonight as well as Chris Tatum. As Huntington High trying to, um, well, a game that they could have won, should have won. We can use all those adjectives, descriptors. We can use all that, Woody. At the end of the day, they lost, and it's on them. There's nothing I don't think GW really did that uh, made that a, uh, a a GW victory by the hands of GW. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to pick on those kids. They played football and they played hard, but that was Huntington High all the way on that loss. Hey, what's going on, Paul? Hey, you know, we're just um we're we're here. We're talking to you yeah. about another, high school another football. Warm evening here yeah. at Van Meter Stadium. Yeah. Home of the Flying Eagles and uh, you didn't hear a single thing I said, did you? Just yes, a minute ago. I, oh. I was I was listening. Okay. You know, left one up on the hill and all that. <laughs> okay, and just checking. That, that that was very true. <laughs> we just did get here though, so uh You guys are um, racing racing to get hooked up for you. Hey, uh the the show was structured to accommodate Woody Woodrum today. It was designed. <laughs> To, to take advantage of your schedule. Well, okay, to work around your schedule. Yeah, you guys uh, you guys are traveling uh, once again and uh, going down the back lead, try to get rid of this uh, bad taste in the, uh, the mouth of the Highlanders. So yep. what's, the, um, what's the mood like with uh, Coach Seals this week? Uh, you well, know- he felt like that they gave the game away maybe more than they lost it. Uh, you know, they, they were not very happy with their effort as far as uh, what went on during the game. You know, silly mistakes, mistakes on special teams, late hits, uh, you know, not not blocking assignments. Throwing the ball was not done as well as it could have been. So there were a lot of mistakes last week, Paul, and, and you know, so – he wasn't in a very good mood. Matter of fact, Billy Seals told me yesterday that he even heard he got some calls from some former players saying, "What's going on, Coach?" You know that was that was definitely one you should have had, and he most emphatically agreed with them on that. So, and they've just got to you know cut out those mistakes, and and they can beat anybody on their schedule. But you know, the saying it and doing it is always two different things. And last week, I think they went into to that game a little overconfident if you will because they were playing a team that was 0-2 Huntington won their opener against Riverside and uh, Riverside's actually 2-1 right now so they are playing much better than they did in the past but 
you know, you, you go up and you, you make mistakes like right before the end of the half as uh, R.T. Alexander, the quarterback from GW, rolled left. The defensive backs came up to stop the run long before he was reaching the line of scrimmage, and he just threw it right over their heads for a long touchdown, and they did that again. The same thing happened in the second half. But with, with time to play, Huntington was at the 30 going in. If they just make a couple of plays, at the very worst, they can kick a field goal. At the very best, they could have scored a touchdown and won the game late. So he was disappointed in the mistakes, and that's something they've really worked on this week. It's It's been less getting ready for Beckley and I think more taking care of themselves for the third game of the season for Huntington. Beckley's 1-2 right now. They do have a win at, at, at Greenbrier East. They lost to Riverside in the opener, and they lost uh, pretty big last week. So they are certainly a team that's looking to try to get a, something going with their uh, home game here after losing to Parkersburg 35-6 on the road last week. Woody Woodruff with us. He'll be on the call of tonight's action here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. So with uh, the team trying to work on themselves, um, they still got to take care of business against a, a Beckley team that it's a tougher opponent than GW. Despite their record, I, I think they're a much tougher opponent than GW. Well, it's a different team because what you get with this team is double tight ends, double wings. Sometimes they split those guys out, but mostly they like to run the ball. Maddox McMillan is a first-year sophomore who uh, played a little wide receiver last year when they were finishing up with a, a pretty good quarterback. So far, though, he's 24-44, two interceptions. He's hit 55% of his passes. He's got a couple of touchdowns to offset the two interceptions. His problem has been on the rush. He's taking a lot of sacks, and he's being hit a lot. And we don't know until game time, probably, who's going to be healthy enough to go for Beckley. They have a number of injuries on their offensive-defensive lines. They have played a lot of players already. They've got a couple tight ends. They've got three wide receivers that have seen action. And they basically have nine backs who have seen some action in this season. <laughs> so it's going to be, you know, we'll just have to wait and see. They are very good at the linebacker. They're very good in the secondary. But up front, they're suffering the same problems. They're hoping Ian Pomeroy is their best player, 6'3", 270, senior. And they're hoping he can go defensive tackle and also a right tackle or left tackle tonight. Uh, they've got a, Tristan Stifler played last year. He's a senior. Caleb Hockett is a senior who's playing really his first time. And a junior uh, in Devin Galden. So, we don't know which one of those players because the Beckley radio folks weren't sure which one of those players would be healthy to go. Woody Woodrum with us. The game tonight's on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Just uh, looking over the landscape right now, Cabell Midland is a top kid, top dog. Spring Valley's in a situation where not not ready to panic just yet, but they might be looking at a road game if they don't get some wins, and I think they'll get their wins. Huntington yeah. High's kind of in that strange situation where they're one and one. Open was their first week, and so they got to go eight more way, uh, eight more weeks of this, try to uh, figure out what they're going to do. And it's just been a, it's been a strange for first couple of weeks. Yeah, well, you know, I would say it would probably be favored in this game, even though they're on the road. But after that. South Charleston is very good. We know they play uh, 
one of the teams up in the Valley tonight. So that's going to be uh, – uh, we'll see how they do against Spring Valley. That's the next opponent. Parksburg South is averaging about 45 a game. That's the homecoming opponent uh, the week after that. Then they go to Hurricane, who's better than their record for sure. And uh, Hurricane's got another tough one tonight. They're at Cabell Midland. That's a huge rivalry game, Paul. So, hey, you know, they'll be up for that one. Then down the stretch, it's Capital Midland at Parkersburg and Spring Valley. So there are no games off in the MSAC. And uh, Huntington really wants to right the ship tonight against Beckley before they kind of go into that murderer's row down the stretch. We'll have that game for you coming up tonight. It's a, a sweet hour away, so you guys got there just in time. Uh, sit back, enjoy. Uh, I know you don't want to get any hot dogs from the concession stands, but, you know, I'm sure they have some tasty alternatives for you. You know, whatever. Well, and, and, and Chris Tatum playing with a little pain tonight. Uh, uh, tough dentist trip earlier today. So uh, he's going to try to play through it. And, uh, you know, the mayor's also got a lot of fall fest going on in Barbersville. So that's been keeping him occupied as well. I understand. I mean, it's a, it's a it's a noble effort on his part. I appreciate yes. that. We, yes. we we do appreciate that. So and Trey Trey Woodrum has returned after a, a week on the IR. So so we're back to full strength, and we're hoping that's going to work out tonight uh, for the radio crew as well as the team that we can bounce back. Okay, um, we'll have the game for you tonight again. ESPN ninety four point one FM and AM nine thirty. Uh, we'll be listening, judging, critiquing off the air. We'll do all that stuff and. Uh, uh, I hope you guys are all full strength now because uh, if Huntington wins, we're going to blame it all on your son for not being there. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. He he took that rain last week, and so, uh, you know, it's uh, it's it's always tough this time of year. But, you know, Paul, it's, it is hot down here. I mean, I can remember coming to Beckley and it'd be foggy, be rainy, but I don't remember saying in late September, it's hot in Beckley tonight, probably in the 80s right now. Um, I can't sympathize with you. I'm sitting here in a nice air-conditioned <laughs> studio, so I I, I, I I, feel for you. I do. just can't sympathize with you right now. Hey, i got, I got to tell you what a great win for Tulane last night against Houston as Dana Holgerson falls to one and three. They got the guy before him fired, I think, at a similar record. Yeah, um, that was a good That was a good pickup by uh, by Houston. Um, yep. there, yeah. Yeah. Um, Real good, real good job, real good job there. We got to go. Um, we're like uh, 20 okay. seconds away from being done here, so uh, we'll talk to you guys in an hour. Huntington High football coming up tonight, right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 9:30. We used to do this all the time. We would just talk about four, five, six, seven different topics all at the same time when we were co-hosting a show together. For our producer Gabriel Sellers, I'm Paul Swan. That's going to do it for this edition of the Drive. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.